Another episode of Isaiah's New Stand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is August 21st, 2022. Hopefully you're having a good one. It is a off and on rainy, cloudy Sunday for me. Um, when you're listening to this, where you're listening to this from, I don't know. <laughs> but let's see. Food stuff, because I got a little bit of food stuff. I had canes, which is, uh, you know, nice little fun staple, and I got some money to eat that. A little, little chicken, little chicken tendies, and some fries. Let's see. And then I got a really bad breakfast today, so we're going to talk about that real quick. I decided to double up because I had seen and someone had showed me again a thing about, like, the Prince Toast Sticks from Wendy's. And I got to tell you, I was I was ready to try them. So I'm like, all right, we'll go to Wendy's. But I also wanted to go to McDonald's. So I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a big fatty and, and do both. So we went to Wendy's. I got those little French Toast Sticks. I also got a Frosty Chino, which was okay. That was That was good. And uh, I went to McDonald's, and I got my McDonald's. It's just like I got, I got a lot of food, guys. <laughs> I, um, oh, I got the frosty, or I got the French toast sticks, but I also got potato wedges too. Then I also got ha- a hash brown, a bacon and cheese biscuit, and a sausage McMuffin, and an order of hotcakes. So I had a whole little feast for me, and. I decided to eat it all at once, and I tried the French toast sticks, and they were just so gross. They were not good. There was just something about them. They just really tasted like, I don't know, it just had a flat taste. I, I know that's not a really good describer for food, just a good description for food, but it just didn't, it didn't hit. They didn't feel fluffy. They didn't taste any kind of sweet or anything. I don't know. I thought they were going to be better given the advertising, but uh, you live and you learn, right? So not my favorite breakfast. Everything else was, like, fine, but I kind of just lost the nerve to eat most of it. All right. Well, it's not like, guys. I ate most of it. But some was left on the table. <laughs> but let's see. That's more or less all I got for the foods. We can get to the news. I got some breaking stuff here, some breaking news to start off with. I know I usually like to divide the, you know, Ukraine-Russia stuff, but this kind of popped up. Like, literally today, I saw the news about it, so I was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and talk about it. Got this from CNN World. Car bomb kills daughter of spiritual guide to Putin's Ukraine invasion. Russian media. So, let's see. The daughter of Alexander Dugan. I'm trying to see if I can get her name so I can get it right as possible. Yeah, Darnia Dugina. She died in an explosion. It's believed to be a car bomb, uh, at least according to like the investigation that you know Russia has launched. She was in like a Toyota Land Cruiser, and it's not her car; it's her father's car. And essentially, she was driving it. And this is like you know, in a, I guess a city or town in in Russia, I think a village. Let's see, Bolshie Bolshie Vazyemi. I think it's the, the village that she was in, maybe. But I guess essentially her father is like a author and ideologue who is credited as the spiritual guide to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 
He's also been described as Putin's brain by foreign by Foreign Affairs magazine. So this is a guy who's really you know quite, got close ties to Putin, like an inspiration I guess to him. You know, it takes a lot of cues and and thoughts and stuff from this man. And I guess Dranya is also a person who is like you know also very ultra nationalist. She was involved, I believe, in this site called like the United World Institute or something like that. And it's like a website, and she was like spreading like mass dis uh ma- like was it disinformation? Because disinformation is when you're intentionally doing it. Misinformation is when it's like you're spreading information that you heard that's just wrong. But when you're doing it on purpose, you know it's it, there's an intent there. So she was spreading, you know, propaganda that if Ukraine joined um, the, if Ukraine joined NATO, they would perish and, you know, just proceeded to spread like falsehoods and stuff like that. So all this in total led to her being sanctioned as well as her father by the U.S. as part of like the round of sanctions that happened, I believe, what, in March. So, or starting in March. So... Naturally, I mean, this is a family, I guess you could say, that, you know, kind of has a target on its back. But still, when I heard this, I'm like, man, this is like a mob-style, like, Scarface, like, hit. So it's very intense. I know that there's some, you know, accusations, rumors that this is, like, a potentially a Ukrainian, you know, plot. And it was organized by, you know, potentially the Kiev regime. Um, That is what some people are alleging. Uh, Ukraine has come out to dispute that and say, no, like, we are not involved in this at all. You know, it is Russia who is a terrorist, so there's been that tit for tat. So, I definitely will keep you guys posted, um, you know, as well. I mean, there's definitely some more details in this article, if you'd like to look yourself. Let's see, in some other international news, I mean, I guess, actually, most of this is. Most of this is pretty international. Uh, la, 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 la. Where are we at? We're at Kenya. So, CNN World. William Ruto declared winner of Kenyan presidential vote amid chaos at election center. So, this was a very close race in Kenya, hotly disputed, and I suppose it still is. Um, it is between the former um, prime minister, um, minister... Let's see, Ralia Odinga. I don't know why I said minister twice, um, but it is believed uh, that well, I mean, officially, William Ruto has won. It was like by literally fifty point forty nine percent. So we got fifty point forty nine percent of the vote. Now, uh, Odinga or Odinga is um, you know contesting the vote, saying like, hey, you know, this hasn't been a verified vote. There, you know, I believe it took two hours over the the the, the limit, like the deadline, uh, constitutional deadline for the election. So that's something that's like you know disputed and potentially something that's going to be. Uh, I don't. I, I guess they're they're going to take things to court and go through that process. I imagine, but I know that there are a lot of people who are saying like, even though Odinga was like you know, the favorite in the beginning and the polls are favoring him. Uh, Ruto really went on this campaign, like calling himself like the hustler in chief and like more or less saying like he came from the bottom and he's risen up through the ranks and done the work and he's for the people. So, you know, it's 
said that he, you know, that kind of momentum really won him the votes, really rallied the people to him. So, I mean, I've been kind of hearing, you know, trickles of this through the BBC. I'm definitely curious to see if there is going to be any pop-up, anything from an appeal. Um, But yeah, I mean, definitely seeing some photos and whatnot of, you know, the election center and just, I know they were like rioting, or not really rioting, sorry, but protesting. And, you know, kind of Odinga areas that are like strongly backed, strongly like, you know, favored him. So it's it's very interesting. I mean, I definitely, there are elections happening all the time, but I guess in, in Kenya they are, you know, they've been kind of like, maybe like, not disputed, I don't know what the right word is. It's it's eluding me, but that was an interesting piece of news. Wanted to talk about it a bit. <sighs> Speaking of some interesting news, actually, I'm going to take my little break early because this is a, this was when I, this, I don't want to say this knocked my socks off, but it was definitely like a hubble, whoa, whoa, what? Like, this is a piece of history that I did not know, and I wanted to talk about it today, so we're going to get into it. Okay, okay, okay. We're back. We are back. Mm. I got this from the Insider. Confederate festival in Brazilian town where U.S. exiles from the South funded a slave-owning colony after the Civil War faces ban, report says. That was a fucking mouthful, and it, it's a lot to take in. But essentially, in, uh, in a rural area in Sao Paulo, there has been this festival going on um gosh they have the amount yeah four decades so a lot of this is also um from the uh christian science monitor they kind of reference that throughout the article as well but i guess there was at the end of the civil war there were people like the confederate south were just like there were some there was a group of people who were like we're not abiding by this we're not we're not okay with this no 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 so they left and they went to brazil they bought slaves because slavery was legal in that area and they just lived out their lives and they, 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 they kept the fantasy going. Um, and I guess now it's just kind of, you know, stuck to the area cause you know, slavery is not a thing anymore. It was, you know, eventually outlawed there as well, but just, I guess the nostalgia, the lore, all of it, like, and there's one, po- there's the one picture I posted for the article but I, I don't want to like implore you to look at it. It's just, it's just a surreal thing if you do check it out. It's just very surreal to see these kids and children in these like little Southern Belle dresses and the the men and they're like Confederate regalia. But this is just somewhere in the South, so it's just so weird. Um, definitely, yeah. So yeah, they um they bought hundreds of slaves. They forced to labor for them on cotton fields until 1888 when brazil became the last nation in america in the americas to ban slavery um but yeah they're dancing they're having a good time um now the municipal law is you know making to make a move to ban this to like ban the racist symbols that they have 
which is, I feel like, the biggest part about it. Obviously, it's, it's called the Confederate Festival, but they have a big dance floor that has a huge Confederate flag painted on it. And then there's just, like, a bunch of flags waving around, um, touted versions, banner versions, all kinds. So, it's just a lot to take in. And there is, obviously, a big, like, you know, Afro-Black population in Brazil. As well as just people who are just like, no, we know what this represents. And it's not okay. And, I mean, for the people who celebrate it in the area, they kind of take the classic American stance that we've we take that we i've seen people take um that it's like this is again this is a a flag which is a symbol against tyranny and it's like i guess i guess so i guess that's a point you can you can make to me i don't feel like it is i feel like when you look at the history of it and people will look at the same history and say no that's not what it means but to me it means that you guys were so upset at the situation at hand because you were going to lose money because you had to treat people like people, like actual people. And you're like, no, 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 it was about business. Yeah, the business of making people tools and working to maximize profit, which is something that never changes. But sadly, you guys are really harping on black people and people of color to do this kind of stuff, to do this kind of work, to live this kind of life. And, you know, you have to ask yourself who is the tyranny here because i don't think it was the north at the end of the day especially because you guys just instantly succeeded i don't want to get into civil war history here that's just deep and i'm not a historian but at the end of the day this shit is so messy it's so weird to me uh like i said it definitely caught me a little flat-footed um i don't know i mean i hopefully you know whatever kind of shakes out in terms of verdict i would definitely like to hear it and if i do i will keep you posted let's see Keeping it international. I got some Yahoo News, also via the New York Times. Chinese-Canadian billionaire sentenced to 30 years for financial crimes. So let's see. This is about Zhao Jinghua. I think I got the name right there. He's a Canadian or Chinese-Canadian billionaire and one-time trusted financier to the China's ruling elite. I don't know why I said to the. Sorry there. But he was sentenced officially to 13 years in prison Friday, and his company was fined $8 billion after he pleaded guilty to bribery and other crimes that authorities said had seriously jeopardized the country's financial security. So his group that he was running was called the Tomorrow Group, and they were once worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, they were also fined $1 million. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was fined $1 million personally, and then the company was fined $8 billion. But China has, like, gone to town on this, this group because once everything kind of came to light, also, mind you, Zhao has just a lot of deep connections with all the money, all the stuff that he's gotten himself involved in, all the companies and stuff. The group itself is tied to a bank, which they use to, like, do off-the-book loans and shit like that, which the article goes into. But I mean, what was it? He was in a hotel in 2017 and they just got him. They just ganked him up. So, I mean, that's something that definitely when you see it from the Western perspective, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? You like just black bagged a person and, you know, no explanation, no nothing. And then he doesn't pop up until 2020. 
And now we're finally seeing, I think it was July 4th when they finally said, okay, he's on trial for this and, you know, he's going down for yada, yada, yada. So it's just the way that the government moves is very just boom, boom, boom. And they're not asking questions and they're not trying to make a public display about it. Also, on the Canadian part, Canadian officials and, you know, government, like, they've been trying to get a hold, you know, of the situation, at least to, like, contact Zhao and, like, see how he's doing, assess his welfare, you know, is he getting proper legal counsel, all this kind of stuff. But China's more of the nature of, you don't have dual citizenship. That's just whatever they want to call it. But here, you're Chinese. You're a Chinese citizen, you're Chinese. And they're dealing it with it like that. So they really haven't had too much access to him. And I mean, obviously, like I said, from a Western perspective, that's like, what the fuck is that? Where's the justice? Where's, where's you know, the, I don't know, all that bullshit. And I get it. Like, I, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. Um, but it's also fair to say, I mean, that the things he did, you know, the, the amount of money he took on, uh, a lot of it being bribery money to, you know, grease the wheels of government so that he could get this shit going so that him and, you know, this rich upper crust can just keep go- growing and growing and growing. That's why it's like, don't get me wrong. I like the idea of communism. I always, you know, I don't want to say I always have, but it's something that's definitely, as I've learned about it, grown, like grown around it, I guess, you know, with just people who have that leg mind, whatever. So I get it. I like it. The, 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 the thought makes sense. It's just the problem is always the implementation because people suck. People will always want to be greedy. They always want to make for them. So, you know, in that regard, I respect that China is doing the clamp down instead of saying, oh, maybe we should like bail them out. Like, no, they are going to divvy up this company, stretch it out and make an example of it. And they're going to do that every time they can. So I like that. But at the same time, like I said earlier, this guy had ties up to like G- like you know, close ties to like Xi Jinping's family with the money. So once again, like I said, is communism perfect? No way. No way. I don't think there's been a actual visible, like utopian version of what communism should be actually out and running. And if it did, you know, damn well that any kind of Western superpower would try to fight it. They would just, they would just try to blow it up. They always do. <laughs> um, we got one more story here. And uh, I mean, it's not good news. Uh, you know, it's hard. Good news is hard to find, guys. It's it's a diamonds out there. It's diamonds in the rough. But um, this is at least another interesting story. Maybe I'm I'm too sick in the head. I'm too I'm sick in the brain. I don't know. I, I keep finding all these little virus stories and stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna talk about it. Um, hold up, hold up. Alrighty. I got this from NBC News. E. coli outbreaks that has sickened 37 people in four states may be linked to Wendy's lettuce. According to CDC, many people reported feeling ill after eating burgers and sandwiches with romaine lettuce at Wendy's restaurants in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Um, I think also Indiana is going to get like an honorary mention here, but they weren't, I think, maybe listed in each state. Indiana, Indiana also, but um, I don't know why they aren't mentioned in the top part of that article headline. But yeah, E. coli now. So, Jeezel Peets, <laughs> let's let's track it. 
We had, you know, obviously the COVID. Yeah. Ew. Then monkeypox was another another conversation starter. Then, you know, what was it? A week or two ago, we were talking polio. And now we're, we're back on some E. coli. And, you know, did that stop me from going to Wendy's? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I, I trust the CDC when they say, don't worry about it, okay? Relax, relax, forget about it. Maybe I shouldn't trust CDC, but whatever. Here we are. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, though, definitely kind of spooky, you know, definitely not good. I don't know if Wendy's is doing anything. I think I did see an article about it, but it, this wasn't covered here in terms of like what Wendy's is doing about their lettuce. But, you know, let's see. The cases reported thus far, 19 in Ohio, 15 in Michigan, two in Pennsylvania, and one in Indiana. And they are genetically linked. Ew, it's the same kind of E. coli. So that's gross. Uh, the illness in this outbreak started within a short time period very recently. This is certainly concerning and warrants investigation. Um, so yeah, they're on it. Um, what are some of the symptoms? Gosh, the symptoms are really gross. I think this is something that's like bloody diarrhea. Um, gosh, what else is there? Um, I think you get like a fever intense stomach cramps and then in rare cases kidney failure so yummy eat up <laughs> that big that, that that number one never tasted so good huh um yeah hopefully no you know hopefully those those numbers go down um and uh hopefully i don't get that from eating uh french toast sticks i'm pretty sure i should be fine there was no lettuce there yeah yeah shoo, shoo, shoo. i hope we hope <laughs> But I mean, hey, man, it's it's rough out here, huh? But um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you for any of the patronage. You know, shout out to Stephanie Renee. Thank you, thank you. You're the best. If you'd like to donate, contribute to the cause, I will be very grateful. Um, every dollar helps. A $5 Patreon donation will get you Discord access, get you a shout out on the podcast. Um, uh, you can bait me, whatever. We, we can figure out something that you would like that would make it worth your while, I think, for five bucks. Um, but the Patreon is patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Let's see, also News one at gmail.com. And I'm pretty much on all the socials. You can find me if you want to find me. And I hopefully I will see you soon for some more good news. And I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.